Well, hey, everybody, you are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Steve Mitch, and we are Twitter painted to have you join us in episode 203 today, <gasps> December 11th, 2020. Uh, we are going to be catching up with each other before jumping right into our topic of the day, which is the Disney Investors Day 2020, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in your podcast provider detailed section below. I am so pleased, turned on even. Mm. Uh, nipples are hard mm. to have you yeah. back Interesting. in my presence. Wow. Well, I can't say the feeling's mutual, but I'm glad to be here. Uh, don't deny it, Steve. <laughs> don't you deny it. I'm pushing out a couple tent poles on my chest. Oh, <laughs> and chicken's done. Yeah. No, seriously, it's a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, I forgot my sweater in, though, Russ. I, um, it's kind of cold in here. It is. Noticing your shirt's kind of folding up underneath your man boobs there. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little blanket you're wearing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> just trying to keep my core warm, you know? I hear you, Steve. Even though I've been gaining a little weight, Russ, it's still enough and not enough insulation. Keep uh, keep warm in this here freezing media room of yours. Yeah. <laughs> We like to keep things cool, calm, and collected. Russ? Uh, yes, Steve. I didn't notice you had any Christmas lights on your house this, uh, yeah, as of yet. Well, I uh, do not have Christmas lights mm. on my house this year, unfortunately. <sighs> Can't afford it, Steve. Yeah, I know that. Can't afford it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if I could, I would totally put the lights back up in, mm. in a heartbeat. But we're, we're having to, you know, we're cutting corners where we can. Xbox Series X or Christmas lights. Exactly. PS5 or Christmas lights. Well, we were... Priorities, wa- Steve! My wife and I were walking through the neighborhood and admiring everybody's lights. Oh, I thought you were going to say, my wife and I walked through the neighborhood... Putting up all the neighbor's lights. <laughs> yeah. And our house looked, as my wife put it, cold-hearted. Cold-hearted? Because everybody had lights up except for us. So, I mean, well, I, I shouldn't say everybody. Most of the neighbors had lights up and looked festive and bright and like, hey. Festive is for the rest of us. Merry Christmas. And ours just looked like kind of Bah humbug, like, you know, you walked in the shadow and all of a sudden you you get like goosebumps, you know? So, well, you, you got a Christmas tree, so that's a start. All right, we got a Christmas tree. You so, got Christmas lights on the Christmas tree, I'm assuming. Yes, we do. You have a certain allotted amount of uh, ornaments hanging on the tree. Right, but it's it's mainly sort of, it's supposed to be on the outside. That yeah, I mean, no one can see the tree from the outside. Sure. So sure. Although, yeah, because yeah, yeah. So we spoke. You don't really have any windows. No, (laughs) no. So we spoke with one of the neighbors. We said, "Hey, man, your your lights just look great. You your lights look great. Hey, good job on you. What did you? What you know? That's how long did that take?" And he says, 
Whale? He's got an accent. Sure. He's got a Texas accent. You know, technically, we all have accents, Steve. <laughs> I'm going to say he's got an accent and a half. Oh, an accent <laughs> and then some. It's like, well, he says, there was a fireman that, that came out here and said he'd do it on a side job. And I'm like, okay. And <laughs> and he says, I paid him 300 and something bucks to, to go up there and put up lights. And then, and then he said, it'll be 200 after that, every year after that. You didn't blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, man. So I'm like, I look at my wife. I'm like, no, we're not paying 300 and something bucks. Like, I ain't in the budget. And so. You still haven't pitched in from Thanksgiving, Steve. Oh, you know what? That, that reminds me. Yes, oh, we, we yeah. do have something for you. And. I spoke with my wife about it, uh-huh. and then you texted me about it, and then I played Cyberpunk 2077, <laughs> and then I it's forgot okay. about it. It's because <laughs> but, you played Cyberpunk 2077, Steve, that uh, you were forg- forgiven. Uh, but I, we do have something for you. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh-huh. it just turned out that we were in the store, and we saw some more basic lights. Mm. They cost about 14 bucks or so for a package. So we bought like two or three of them. So we, they're like, they're like these, it's, think of like fishnets with lights on. They're like, they're, they're, you're supposed to like wrap it around a bush or like a tree or something. Did you hang them on the house? I did not. No. <laughs> that, would oh. look, that would look terrible. That would look like Halloween and well, Christmas. I'm wondering where, where you hung them. Or we, we we have them on the bushes. The bushes. You don't really have bushes. They're small bushes. They're like baby bushes. They're bushes, I nonetheless. If, if if there was ever a term that would indicate they a bush that is a baby, because like you bushes, know, human babies are not adults. You go from yeah, being I a baby know. to being a kid to being but, a teenager to being an adult. Babies do wear clothes. You have like toddler bushes. They're bushes. Anybody <laughs> driving by would notice there, they got some bushes. Hey, look, there's a couple of branches. <laughs> so, anyhow, we, <laughs> we bought some- Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> we bought some lights and we threw them up there. And then some of the lights didn't work. So we like, okay, well, we had to take them back. We're never going to take this crap. And so then we had another string of lights that were like the bigger bulbs. Mm. And so we decided, okay, well, we kind of want them like in that little archway. Like the garage has windows for some odd reason because we're never going to use the windows in the garage. But they have arches on them. So we wanted to put them like the lights in the arches. And then like we just really wanted to get it done quick. And so after driving <laughs> Once back Once we and started forth, it, we realized what a mistake this was. <laughs> yeah. So we decided <laughs> to half-ass it as fast as humanly possible. After three trips back and forth to the store to try and get lights that worked. Merry freaking Christmas. <laughs> we finally just gave up. I'm like, I want to buy one of those projector things. You just like stick in the ground and like throws like some snowflakes up on the house. It's not like call it good. My, <laughs> my wife. Hey, look, it looks like it's snowing. Yeah. Let's call it good. <laughs> We're in Texas, and it's snowing. It looks like feathers from a mattress. <laughs> I'm just gonna like, get up on the roof and like toss powdered sugar down. It's snowing. Yeah. Um, ho ho ho. <laughs> so, I see you in like some sort of like. 
two sizes too small Santa midriff. Your belly's hanging out, and you're just like like just poofing out that sugar, that powdered sugar. So we have lights on the bushes. Finally, <laughs> finally, we got lights that work. Are they colored lights or are they just the they plain are, white? No, they are colored lights. Uh, do they, they twinkle? No, you all, I guess they twinkle. They do they blink? They, they do not blink. Do they sequentially twinkle? They do not sequentially twinkle. Do they have some sort of song thingy program where that twinkles they to do, They the... do not dance to La Vida Loca, oh, Russ, right. if that's what you're wondering. Because they're getting, they're getting pretty fancy out I there know, with those they lights. Are. They are. Mine don't do that, Russ. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's been like a week-long project. And um, Are they halogen? Or are they LED? They are... That's a great question. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know about that one off the top of my head. But I can say they're up. And yes, if you drive by, you might think to yourself, that's kind of a half-assed job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost so, scared to go see what you did. So anyway, we got to thinking, like, we, my wife and I busted a gut. Like, we were laughing after the whole thing was done. Like, why did we even start this? Why would we just pay? Like, if we were going to do this all the time. Why didn't we just pay a couple hundred dollars right. and have someone do it? Exactly. Who does it a lot and can do it probably in 20 minutes. So, uh, next year we'll probably do that. But, at any rate, the lights are up and... It's the thought that counts. It's Steve. the thought that counts. We're not, we're not the cold-hearted neighbors with no festive lights anymore. Russ. Well, that's good. That's good. Now you're just the neighbors with an incredibly <sighs> bad Christmas taste. Yeah, of course my my neighbor right across the street gets the projector with the snow like flakes and stuff. I'm like, see, now he's got that. <laughs> we were pretty much in line with him. Now we're not. I gotta say, the whole paying a an outfit to hang the Christmas lights on your house is pretty popular around here. Mm. I know that in my neighborhood, it's the same thing where like more often than not, they will hire these different outfits. Oftentimes it's the fire departments who will go around and make some side coin. Right. Because this is their, their whole business is slow in the winter months. And yeah, there's like a deal where there's like a discount. Once you pay like the, the <laughs> initiation setup fee of the first year, and then every year after that, I think they knock off a hundred bucks. Pay them an extra hundred bucks on top of that. They'll bring the fire truck right out and they'll, they'll use it to put the lights up. Give them a <laughs> slip of an extra 20. They'll throw on the siren for you. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that 20. Johnny's getting his lights put up by a fireman. <laughs> now that's a Santa who's in shape. <laughs> Nice red uh, suspenders you got there, yeah, old Saint so, Nick. Yeah, the firemen are wearing Santa hats and long white beards. <laughs> I never knew Santa <laughs> had a southern accent before. Yeah. Uh, so what have you been watching? Uh, what have you been playing there, Steve? I, I heard you mention that you did, in fact, pick up a copy of Cyberpunk 2077. Congratulations to you, good sir. Mm, I pre-purchased that before I got married. Oh, uh, even Actually, better. Right. You're... Stock just went yeah. up to points, Steve. There you go, Russ. Hey, I came in and um, got it loaded, and I didn't actually play it. I got it yesterday, of course, but I didn't play it. I got it loaded up, but the Game Awards show, yes, which lasted for freaking ever. Actually, it didn't last as long as uh. it was printed. Like, I started watching it at seven, mm. and then it was over by like eight thirty or nine or something. It was it was not like I think the original 
they had a pre-show from like six to seven. And then the show was supposed to go from like seven to 10 central time or something like that. It was not that duration at all. Like I, I think I actually missed like the first third of the show. You probably did. I, I mean, if I remember correctly, I, I looked at it on YouTube and it was like three hours long. Oh, anyhow. So I never got to play cyberpunk until literally a half hour before I got here tonight. Well, and see, that's actually quite brave of you to do, Steve. Just because you have, you're playing it on the, on Xbox or PS4? Xbox. And you have just the base model, right? The Xbox One. Yeah. Not the Xbox One S. Or X. I have heard that the game does not look nearly as good on the base systems. You'd be correct in that statement. Ah, yes. yes, yes. So I thought when I played that, well, number one, it took like, I literally like five minutes into it Mm. because it took like 30 minutes just to customize my character. Did you have, uh, well, let me ask you this. Did you choose a male or female character? I decided to choose the female character. The female character. But I think I'm going to start over. Oh, and here's why is because yeah. So you're, you're, I'm in night city. And got yetis. (laughs) And there's like a bunch of, you know, neon lights and shadows and shades. And like the, the movement is real. Like it's, it, it, it's almost worse than like GTA 5. And GTA 5 is not bad, but it's not great either. Mm. It's, it's, so, it's like worse than GTA 5. It's almost like GTA 4 movement in a, in a way, if you, want to, if, you want, if you can picture that. And I think it's because there's so much going on. Like the system has to process <laughs> with lights and shapes and movement and, you know, textures and stuff. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna quit while I just started, and then I'll I'll start as the nomad maybe because I think outside where there's not as much neon and like straight lights and, and cars going by and stuff, I think that might run a little bit better. So here's the thing though. So if you recall, we had a conversation with Nick, aka Big Baby Moose, and he has uh, well before I go into that. We were talking about how the three of us could each choose one of the story right. arcs because since there's three of them, well, if my math serves me correctly, there are three of us. So he has already started a what? What is it? Badland? Not Badland. That's no, a Nomad. Nomad. Yeah, it's a nomad. nomad story. Yeah. So he's done that. So um, I was thinking you and I could choose one or the other. I was thinking about maybe you could do the like the street kid pathway and then I'll do the corporate one um, and then that way we can bring Nick in and we can talk about it when we've we've had some some gaming under our belt but see you good sir you are in dire need of an upgrade with your system because oh. cyberpunk as far as I'm concerned it's a next-gen game this is like the first official next-gen game for the next-gen consoles it was never designed for the base models of the PS4 or the Xbox One. If you think about it, those systems came out seven years ago. That is ancient by hardware spec standards. So, um, and and I've seen some articles coming out too where people are just like, whoa, this does not look the same as like if you were playing it on like a Xbox Series X or a PS5 or even PC. In fact, 
If you're interested after our recording, I'll, I'll show you a glimpse of what it looks like on PC because the, the absolute best way to play it is in fact on PC. The problem that I have is I don't have a PC capable of running it at full maximum. But having said that, it is still head and shoulders above what you're seeing. So you'll get a much better representation of what the game actually looks like. Yeah. Uh, but like one of the things I can't show on my PC is I can't turn on ray tracing. And that's huge. Like right. if, if you were able to turn that on, that makes it even more realistic. And honestly, you should probably get like an NVIDIA 3070 or 3080 graphics card that just came out in order to like run this the way it was supposed to be run. But this is by and large... The, the very first next-gen title. And another issue I'm seeing, though, too, I, I should take pictures of it and send it to you because it, it doesn't look, I mean, it does look full, but it doesn't look impressive at all. Um, I, either way, I'm still stoked to play it. But, <laughs> uh, well, and my thing is, is I would, well, man, that is kind of tough on you. Because mm. you don't even have the Xbox One X. No. Mm. So, but the thing is, too, that I've noticed, like, I, I, when you're a street kid, you start off, like, in a bar or, like, a club. Small, right. Small club. Not even a dance club or anything. But, so I'm walking around, and I want to talk to some people, and not even all, like, the NPCs, like, move their mouth. And or if they do, it's, like, the most basic, like, blah, 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 kind of thing, <laughs> like, that doesn't even move. Or they just look at you, not even moving their mouth, and then they talk to you somehow, and then they look away. So I'm like, what is going on <laughs> from the get-go, right out of the box? Well, and I do think some of that is the same, like on the PC version. And I think that as a result, it's, it's CD Projekt Red when they, when they make these games. Like Witcher 3 had the same kind of thing as well. I'm not excusing that by, by any stretch, but um, how far are you? I, I assume you're not that far. No, I literally just started. You literally just started. I'm about okay. to start my I, I literally accepted my first quest oh, sort of okay. thing, but I haven't even like left the the, the the place where I start, the little bar. The characters that you come across who actually are a part of the main story or even side quests that actually have stuff for you that are not just kind of like background action, their facial expressions are really good. Like anytime they speak to you, they're articulated. It looks it looks legit. It looks really nice. And I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, I had no idea if you actually had pre-ordered the game or if you had bought the game when it was released. And so, uh, so good on you for that there, Steve. Thank you, Russ. Thank you very much. Oh, what else have you been uh, up to lately? Well, let's see. Actually, you know what? Not, not that much this week. We, uh, we did stream a little bit of over, Overwatch. Ooh. And that was a bunch of fun because we finally got to play more Capture the Flag, which we haven't played. And that was a lot of fun. Eons. Yeah. I must say. Other than that, I have just been playing Final Fantasy, but I, I did get to a part where I'm, I'm a bit struggling. I'm, I'm with Aerith, and we are doing side jobs. And I get to this spot. I took, I took, I talked to the old man and he's like, yeah, do this, go to my, my, my wife's grave and pay respects for me or something like that. And so we, we, I'm wandering through the slums and I get to a part where I'm supposed to fight like these. Wait, you're with Aerith already or are you with Tifa? Yeah. No, I'm with Aerith. Oh, you're getting pretty far in that game uh, there, Steve. <sighs> Didn't you just buy yep, that last week? Yep, I did. <laughs> 
How many hours do you think you got in that so far? Oh, probably about 10 or 12. That's it? <clears throat> mm-hmm. What uh, difficulty are you playing on there, Steve? Oh, I just put on normal. I don't know. Uh, good man. There you go. <coughs> I put it on puny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's classic, easy, and normal. I will have you know, our good old friend Brad had to put it on easy in order to beat the game. Ah! <laughs> Bradley. <laughs> Brad Muffin. So, I'm at this part where, like, there's, like, three of these, like, mini-bosses, basically what they are, but, and they are, like, little scorpion centipede things. Uh-huh. And they're slaughtering me. They're literally, they're, they're literally kicking my butt. And I don't know. I've tried this multiple. I don't know. I think I'm just going to have to do a different like side job, strengthen up a bit, and go back and open a can of whoop. Well, one of the things I can suggest you do, and you may have already done this, so please stop me if What's you have. That, Are you familiar? <laughs> Are you that'll fam- be a no. <laughs> uh, are you familiar, Steve? With the weapons upgrade system in yes, right. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, 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 I'm rushing. So you're familiar where you go into this weird solar system looking <laughs> thing? Yeah. Yeah. Again. And you know you can revisit that at any time. Yeah. Oh, See, when I was playing through it, I reached a point where I just couldn't go you know, past a certain little uh, scenario. And I'm thinking, what is the deal? Mm. Turned out... I had not revisited that particular weapons upgrade menu since it was first introduced to me. Uh-huh. And I had like, I don't know, between 100 and 130 points to spend on each weapon. So I was like, oh, and I, <laughs> once I did that, then <laughs> that all, helps. Yeah, all of a sudden it became a whole lot easier. Yeah, I, I've been doing that from from the, the get-go, and I haven't had a problem really with anything until this spot. Like it's like the the these bugs will put me like into a mini sleep and then they'll hit me really hard and then they'll start beating on like getting up on, on either myself or Aerith and Yeah, you know, you have to really control the other characters because they don't really do a whole lot on their own. They're kind of dumb. And so you have to switch. They really make you switch back and forth. To they do, encourage it. Yeah, yep. they really encourage it. Right? Anyhow, that's where I'm at there. Now, I was also a late bloomer to the whole switching between characters thing because I just mained as Cloud for quite some time when I was, as I was playing through it. And then uh, about midway through the game, I suddenly started to appreciate the whole notion of jumping between characters. Yeah. And... Again, because I'm a Final Fantasy newbie, I wasn't sure how this stuff worked. I was having to press the X button in order to bring up like the little menu, and then I would like select a character, having no idea at the time that you could actually hit the triggers, the left trigger or the right trigger, and it would instantly bring up the the, the character screen to choose which character you wanted to activate an ability or or spell or use an yeah. item or whatever. That's really nice. I like yeah, that. That helps a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of a hotkey situation there. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I, I think I kind of want to just, you know, I'm, I mean, it's, it is taking a lot of my focus. And when we don't twitch separately on Wednesday nights, 930 uh, central time, <laughs> that means I'm not playing ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> 
You are falling woefully behind. (laughs) And so you and your phlegm. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so that means, so that means, so I think I'm going to. Dude, I'm, I'm gonna take. Oh, your, what are you gonna I, do, I'm, Steve? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take your suggestion from last week, and I'm gonna hold off on playing more Final Fantasy VII until I get further in because it's cheap. I just really want to beat it before the year ends. I think that is a wise choice. I, honestly, I think you should do that, and then go into Final Fantasy. Um, I am conflicted though because I don't want you to fall behind in Cyberpunk, you know. But at the same time, here's what the conflict comes in, Steve. I want you to have the best experience you possibly can with Cyberpunk. I don't want you to have this watered down well disappointment of an experience your first time through. Like, fine, if you were to do that your second time or third time or tenth time through, but the first time, Steve, you want that first impression to really... That's what I'm saying. Not I, get I, on your keister. You know I kind of just want to start at the Nomad. I think that's going to be easier on the system. You know? I'm just saying, Ross. I'm, like I said, I'm going to show you what, what you're missing on the PC. It may change your mind. So did you yeah. start off with a dude or the chick? Well, oh, are you done talking about... Uh, yeah, pretty much. Ah, yeah, right. Well, um, yeah, so I had um, a significant amount of time in the character creation screen, and I ended up choosing a dude. Ooh. And one of the things that the, the game had kind of like this under-the-radar... Uh, understanding or knowledge they, they, they announced is the uh, genital region right. of both the male and female were actually fully realized. Yeah. Did you see the male crotch region <laughs> at all, Steve? Uh, I did, yeah. Now, by default, it, they have it switched to off, which I appreciate. Yeah, thank you. I think it was nice to like have that, but then, of course... <laughs> Well, there's an option. I'm, like, gonna... I'm so tempted. Why? <laughs> I don't want to do this, but it's off. And um... that on button is really big and inviting. <laughs> and he is a guy. He's supposed to have one. I don't want a Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing to me is that, okay, first of all, you know, without going too graphic on the whole situation, I just think it's hilarious that they they actually give you options when you turn the option on. So yeah. you can choose to be circumcised or uncircumcised. I didn't get that far into it, Russ. Ah, yeah, missed out then, Steve. <gasps> uh, you also get to choose the girth of uh, the package. So what I think is really funny yeah, is okay. actually the animation on that is so unrealistic. Um, just just flapping the wind. It's like, <laughs> dude, the, the schlong is like, it's, it's, it's the way it, it sways to and fro. It's like a 10 pounder. I'm just like, <laughs> they do not move like that. Uh, I'm like sorry. It's like a grandfather clock. Like even Dirk Diggler from Boogie Nights would be like, man, how'd you swing that? <laughs> Literally. How did you swing it like that? <laughs> So I I think the game developers were having a little too much fun with that. I don't know. I was just like, ah, okay, whatever. And I mean, even even if you chose like an average size, it's still, you're just like, no, no. Well, I get some other choices with the um, female. 
I, I imagine there are some options regarding the chest region. Uh, basically the nipples. Yeah, you get to decide on our nipples. You oh, do. you get to decide whether they're champagne glassed or uh, uh, Stevie Wonders, or perhaps. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, no, I even know what that is. I don't know why I want to get into it, Russ. <laughs> uh, this just turned into a family program. <laughs> See, it's stuff like that where I'm like, you guys did not have to. Like, as far as I'm concerned, here's my take on this: is they didn't have to do that. Like. On both sides of the gender thing, like like it, the, there's not. I mean, I really don't think that that there is going to be some sort of like amazing revelation that I'm going to have as I'm playing the game. We're like, yes, I'm so glad that they decided to add these parts of the male and female anatomy. Makes perfect sense to me. It's just it's uh, it's just unnecessary. And it, what's actually funny is is that one of the bugs that people are reporting are. Apparently, the men's packages are like having collision detection issues with the pants. So they're actually like poking through the pants. So you have all these NPCs walking around with their junk hanging out. You think that all this delay time for the game, that they would have discovered that early on <laughs> and been like, ah, oh, we'll just fly with it. You know, we'll have time to update the game, we'll fix it. Well, the game itself and the scope is so big. I've I've gotten a, a little farther along, and I'm really stunned by the the scale of Night City. It is immense. So, wait, did you start as the corporate dude, like the capo, or what? No. So, what I did was I started out as a street kid because um, what I'm current. So, I have two copies of the game. I bought one for the PC. Uh-huh. Because I don't have my Xbox Series X. As you can see here on our table, uh, I ordered the Xbox version of the collector's edition of Cyberpunk 2077. So until I actually get my Xbox Series X, this is just going to be a glorified paperweight. Uh, So, But I wanted to be able to get kind of like a... Well, I wanted to experience what it was like on PC because obviously the PC uh, graphics fidelity is going to be the best. And so I was like, okay. And I was, I had a curiosity too, like, could, can my computer handle the game? And uh, actually it, uh, it does a pretty decent job. It's not perfect, but it does a pretty decent job. So that's, that's definitely a cool thing. Um, I showed you the collector's edition of Cyberpunk 2077 before we started recording. What what'd you think of all the, the goodies? That's a ton of goodies, Russ. I could see how you would like that. And I could see how I wouldn't. Ah! Because I have been in your room back before you moved out, Russ. Mm. And have noticed all the collector's things. The yes. stuff. And then I moved out and then had to move back. And then how aggravated I was of how much crud I had to move. Mm-hmm. And you have more crud than I have. A lot more. And so I just decided I don't want stuff like it's collector's edition, even though it is pretty darn sweet, Russ. It's just more stuff for me that I got to put somewhere. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So I'm glad you spent the extra money because I wouldn't have. Well, okay. So first of all, 
for those of you out there who have not seen what the collector's edition looks like, I did a comprehensive photo shoot with my iPhone. I didn't have my actual real camera with me, uh, but I, I documented everything, including the box itself. So the, the box art, the packaging, the, the presentation of the collector's edition box, as well as all the pieces of swag, the, the cool uh, action figure, little statue thing that, that comes with it. Um, is really cool. Like we're, we have it on our table right now while we're talking and the, it's a very dynamic pose. It's really cool. It's, it's a great, like just kind of centerpiece to the, the video game itself. Doesn't take up too much room, but it's definitely one of the better, like quote unquote video game statues that, that you can get from collector's editions. And then the actual box itself, I think is really cool. Lots of great, uh, graphic design on there. The um, if when you open it up, it opens up like a kind of like a vertical briefcase almost, if you will. And on one side has a print, really of of it's like kind of like this like see through translucent plastic. Has the entire dev team's signatures all over it, and you can see through that, and that's where the game resides. And then on the other side, you have this really nice hardcover uh, hard uh, excuse me hardcover art book which is pretty legit when you think about it because like Final Fantasy VII Remake in comparison, the the art book that it came with was a lot smaller. I mean, it was like a four by six hardcover book. Still, it was, it was nice to have, but it was a little bit of a letdown because it's like, man, this is kind of small. I'd like to have you know, a bit more real estate on the pages. So kudos to CD Projekt Red for doing that. It also came with a bunch of stickers, patches, keychain thing that um, has uh, V's car on there as well as like some uh, classified documents and just a lot of little mementos and stuff like that. So overall, I'm really pleased, really happy with that. Definitely encourage you to go to Joygasm on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere. I mean, we're, we're everywhere. We're freaking everywhere. So <laughs> check out those pics. Spam the daylights out of those accounts. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really nice to finally have it in my house. Like, and we're looking at it right here. It's like, wow, like, we have been waiting for this game for seven years. That's right. Because Witcher 3 came out in 2013, right? Or 2014? Uh, yeah, it would have been 13, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 2013. And technically speaking, the game Cyberpunk... Uh-huh. was in development even before Witcher 3 was released because they even had a little like cameo oh, of Cyberpunk, egg, yeah. a little Easter egg in Witcher 3 of Cyberpunk. So this game's probably been in development, I'd say easily eight or nine years. For a long time. For a long time. Long time. I do have some good news on the Xbox Series X, by the way, Steve. Oh. It has changed. It has updated. Have they put the packing tape? On the box. They have. It has gone from pending to now ready to ship. So, <laughs> yeah. It has gone from pending to observed. To ob- <laughs> Someone is <laughs> thinking really hard about shipping it. They're like, I could. They've given it a lot of thought. <laughs> They're thinking really hard about it. I could load that on the truck right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> should I or should I not? I heard they just want to drink my coffee. Who is Russell? What does he do? I want to meditate. <laughs> I just want to know. 
Anyway, it's supposed to get here by next Wednesday. Uh, which means that I could potentially be able to actually talk about the system mm. and give a hands-on impression on next week's episode of Joy So we'll have to see if it actually becomes a reality or not. It may get delayed. It is the Christmas season. So we'll have to see Russ. how expedient the shipping uh, what company are you, is. What are you going to do with... So if you get your Xbox Series X... Uh-huh. That means you're going to have the Xbox One and the Xbox One X. Yes. Then you're going to have your PS4 Pro and your PS5. That's a lot of systems that you don't need. Well, you know, that's like three systems too many. One of the things that I have considered is... yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm compelled to want to try and hold on to certain systems just because uh, they represented that era of gaming. Like for instance, I'm I kind of wish that we hadn't sold the Sega Genesis, Sega CD, 32X mm. system setup because now it would be really cool to have just as a vintage memento of that that gaming right. period. And, and I think that that we all go through that as gamers, where like when we're we have the next gen of consoles that are coming out then the the current slash older gen consoles suddenly don't seem sexy yeah. anymore and we want to get rid of them and make some money off them and that sort of thing. It's probably sitting in a recycle bin somewhere. So what I'm thinking is, is that like, for instance, my normal Xbox One, mm-hmm. I would be okay with selling that because I have an Xbox One X, right? which was kind of like the epitome of that particular generation of console. Mm. And I can still play all the Xbox One titles on it. Sure. And it plays the best on the Xbox One X. So I would therefore sure. hold on to the Xbox One X, Steve, as well as the Xbox Series X. Now, I sold you my PS4 base model. Mm, yep. And now I have the PS4 Pro. The PS4 Pro is a work of art, Steve, I got to say. I really loved how they did the whole presentation mm. production values on the console aesthetics itself. Not to mention the fact that the PS4 was a great system unto itself. So I'll probably hold on to that one. So there's, it's really not, it's not, it's, it's, it's not too bad, Steve. Okay. It's, it's not too bad. I still have no idea where the Dreamcast console is. I have the controllers. I have the fishing rod. I have all of the games. I just don't know where the freaking console went, which is bizarre. Ah, I buried it backyard you would <laughs> speaking also steve of final fantasy 7 remake yes i beat it finally i did ah i got my my way through it and the more i well okay so first of all the the area that you're in uh-huh it was kind of a grind fest for me because i ah. wanted to be able to clear all the side quests like uh, see sure, yeah everything that the game had to offer steve right and there were times where I just had to put it down because it was just kind of monotonous after a while. Yeah. However, once I got out of that ghetto area and started moving forward more into slums, the story itself. Slums. I'm sorry, slums. It really got a whole lot more interesting. Uh-huh. And I got to say, by the time the game ended, I was ready for the sequel. I was ready for the part two yep. to get dropped because I was thinking about when I watched you play the original Final Fantasy 7 game on, on PlayStation 1, 
I remember being really excited for you and, and just blown away once you were able to leave Midgar. Mm. And didn't you get some kind of like flying ship? Yeah, it was towards the end. That was like the that was like the last well, at least like a like three fourths of the way through. Then yeah, you get the yeah. But in terms of like once you leave Midgard, um, you're walking. You're you you don't you go visit like a ton of vistas and exotic locations yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. it's it's not like you're stuck no. in one place. See, you're gonna find in Final Fantasy VII there, there's kind of some backtracking back and forth. That you, so you're kind of revisiting some of the same environments that you you're just kind of like okay, I'm ready to get out. Yeah, and see something different here. Yeah, but I feel like that was almost kind of the case. In the original Final Fantasy. No. Like when you were in Midgard, like weren't you kind of glad that you were leaving and seeing something yeah, else? Well, no, yeah. When you're in Midgard, yeah. So there, there's part of a charm that was with the original Final Fantasy where you had like these extraordinarily beautiful pre-rendered static images that your little polygon self was wandering around. And they were just gorgeous. I kept on putting them up on my my PC for, for wallpaper. Like that whole church scene was like ridiculously beautiful. It was great. But this, it I mean, it's cool that it's all 3D and it's all modern and it looks great, but it definitely has lost a little bit of that charm. And so, yeah, you are, instead of going like, wow, that's a beautiful backdrop. That's rendered. That's crazy. That's beautiful. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. You're going like, yeah, I'm looking all around now, which is cool. I can look back and forth, up and down, and it looks great, but it all is starting to kind of blend together and look the same, and I'm getting tired of it more quickly, uh-huh. I guess, than I was before. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of the case. Yeah, once you get out of Midgard, it, it opens up quite a bit, and it's a lot more beautiful. And, yes, when you do get to a place, you stay there for quite a bit, and then you get to the next place, you stay there quite a bit, and you go to the next, you know. But, um, yeah, Midgard did take forever to, to finish up and, and finally, finally leave. And when you left, was there still like two thirds of the game to play through? Oh, or yeah. Half the game to play through? Like, yeah. like how, if you were to think back to the original Final Fantasy, when you left Midgard, how much game was left? Like three fourths. <clears throat> okay, cool. You literally, because if you remember correctly, there was like four discs, three, at least three if not four discs in the game. I mean, the, the, you had to like accordion out the whole game. I remember that. Yeah. To get everything. So, I mean, there was a ton of gameplay left. There's more characters you get in your party that you meet outside of Midgard. Like everybody you have now is pretty much who your party is going to be in, Mid- in Midgard. So I'm not surprised that you're, you ask one day like, who else am I supposed to get? Am I going to get anybody else? Like, yeah, you are later <laughs> on the PS5. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I think you're going to have a good time going through it. I, I assume you're pretty impressed by the graphics. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. Um, You've got to, you just need to upgrade your system. I just need it. Yeah, right. It's, it's time, Steve. Yeah, it, I know. Right? It's well, your, it's time. It's kind of on back. Well, not back order because I haven't ordered it. But I mean, it's kind of on back order for the retailers as they're, as they're concerned because they're not on the shelf for us. I know. I I heard somebody this. said that I knew new egg or something. What are they? Yeah. New egg.com. Yeah. They're going to get some. I don't know about that. But. You know what you could do too, is look at eBay after Christmas, because right now you have all of the uh, flippers, you know, who, who have yeah. hoarded like 50 PS fives. Yeah. 
I think once the holidays have passed, you're going to start to see those prices drop and you could probably get mm. one for the same price as you would get at a store. have to talk about Russ. What's this issue? We still have to talk a little bit more about the the game awards. We do. That is something that we did watch this week. I was surprised. I was too, but not in a very good way. Yeah, there was Okay, so it, 2020 has been an unprecedented year in terms of COVID-19 just basically just ruining everyone's day. And the Game Awards was no exception. They clearly had no live audience. They didn't have any of the, the the gaming industry present. Sure, which is fine. That's ex- that's expected. Well, one of the things I thought was weird though was like they kept doing like the canned applause right, the canned and stuff. Applause. I'm like, dude, yeah. like, Jeff, yeah. there's no one there in front of you. Like, there's no audience. Like, why <laughs> you didn't have to do that? That was unnecessary. Yeah, that was stupid. I'm like, wait, is that the crew? The camera crew? That's <laughs> that's, that's a, a lot of camera. That's a crew. lot of crew. Yeah, go union. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I, I was surprised by that. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised by the amount of Hollywood celebrities that yeah. made an appearance there. I mean, you had Gal Gadot who was there. I was like, whoa, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland. You had Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You had Christopher Nolan. Nolan. And you even had some of the, the voice actors like uh, Nolan North and uh, someone else. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, who, what was the other guy? Uh, you, had the, you had the voice from, uh, who was Joel. Yeah. I can't, and mm. The Last of Us. Not Ellie, but uh, the other girl who's in The Last of Us. We wouldn't know because yeah. we haven't played it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was nice to actually see um, the kind of the blending of the two industries yeah. together. Like I thought that was pretty cool. But here's the thing: so it's called the Game Awards, and then they just fly right through the, the Game Award, and it's like literally like the Game Award showcase for new games. Yeah. So they. Literally, they go. They, they would go. Okay, here's the award for this, and then next we have the award for that, and then next we have the award for that. Okay, now let's go see some world premieres, sort of thing. And that was basically the bulk of the show. Yeah, I agree. I think that they need to revisit the formatting of the show. I, I'm totally for having world premieres or showing stuff, but those, those need to be limited to the commercial breaks, like like. It's, it's weird. It's like, like Jeff wants to like have the show be half awards and half E3. And it's like, you're either one or the other. Like when you're on the stage and you're talking everything else, you need to be all about the awards. But I do think, like I said, like the, the commercial segments should be the opportunity to be able to showcase right. those. Cause then everybody would want to watch it. We talked about the same thing last year. Well, what was odd too, was that in the pre-show, was actually the regular show. And so there was no real difference between the, what happened in the pre-show and like the actual game awards, except for uh, what's her face from IGN up there. But she was already handing out awards. Sydney like, Goodman. Yeah. She was there like, okay, for best music score or whatever it was. She looked very nice, by the way. She looked, yeah, she looked amazing. Um, <laughs> so, um, and, but I mean, you had the clock up there in the top right. It was like, okay, in 30 minutes, the show's going to start. And she's going, okay, the award for this is 
that. And then the award for this is that. And then we still got a whole show for you, and it hasn't even started. But we started. Like, what? Uh, whatever. I have no problem with, like, a pre-show. And honestly, that would be another great opportunity. Like, if they were to change up their programming in such a way where if they had world premieres or other, or other types of never-before-seen stuff, it would actually attract the audience to show up more so during the, the pre-show as opposed to just all coming together when the show starts. Just an idea, a little food for thought. I actually was not sure how the Game Awards worked. And so I looked it up, and apparently the winners are determined by a blended vote between the voting jury, which makes up 90%, and public fan voting, which makes up the remaining 10%. So it's almost like, you know, they have some sort of committee similar to the Academy for for film, and they are the ones who pretty much kind of dictate, like, who's going to win. But if there's some sort of tie or something, then I guess the fans can kind of push their favorite over the top or something. Good to know. The the winners, though, my goodness, um, we were pretty... <laughs> pretty wrong. Pretty, pretty wrong, yeah, th- throughout our, our predictions. It's pretty uh, laughable almost. But um, The Last of Us Part Two, man, they really swept the awards. I mean, they got Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Audio Design, uh, innovation and accessibility, best action adventure game. I think that's about it. I may be missing one in there somewhere, but I mean, they, they really clean house, which was kind of odd because, okay, even though we haven't played the game, it's like, no one is really talking it up. Like you have to play, the Last of Us Part Two, right? Like it was kind of 50-50 when the game came out. You had like half the audience who played it who loved it, and then you had the other half who were kind of let down by it. Yeah, well, way let down by it. But like, so if you think back, like when Spider Man came out, for example, for the PlayStation, people were going, "You have got to play Spider Man." Sure. God of War, same thing. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. A lot of people were talking about that one. I had, you know, have yet to still even play it. Um, Red Dead Redemption, tons of people talk. I mean, so there's games like that where you like you. There is a ton of chatter, chatter, chatter on the interwebs, and I didn't hear anything. I mean, as far as the like the sweeping of the awards, you would think that people would be all over the internet saying you have got to play it. It's awesome. It's incredible, and I just haven't seen anything. I will. You know, I'm, I'm reviewing our notes from when we gave our game award predictions, we did list the last of us part two as being possibly the winner for best narrative. Oh, one. We got one. We got one out of all the ones that, that it was. What about the one that we, we thought ghost of Tsushima was going to win. We, we did pick that one quite a bit. So, okay. So okay. since we're talking about best narrative, the ghost of Tsushima was the other one that was between that and the last of us part two that we had listed. For go what else? Ghost of Tsushima. I have to like look around. Oh, okay. So we thought Game of the Year was actually going to go to Ghost of Tsushima. So that didn't happen. Uh, we when we were talking about best game direction, we had pegged either Final Fantasy VII remake uh, or Ghost of Tsushima as best game direction because both of those games were really unique uh, based off their own merits. I mean. Final Fantasy VII Remake 
is such a, I mean, it literally is all definitions of the word remake. It's, it's this colossal achievement that Square Enix has been able to do. They changed up a lot. Well, not a lot, but some of the, um, the, 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 just the ways that, that you interact, you have combat mechanics and that sort of thing. It's, it's different uh, to a certain extent than the original was. And then you have Ghost of Tsushima where, yeah, there were certain things that you could kind of say are similar in terms of like his horseback riding. It kind of reminds you of like Red Dead Redemption or the Witcher, that sort of thing. But in terms of like the sword play and a lot of what they were doing with the overall game direction of it being an open world adventure game placed in, in kind of the, the ancient feudal Japan period, it was no slouch at all. And it makes sense why it was nominated in the first place. I'd have to look down the list here. Uh, but those were like the main areas I think that we had predicted that Ghost of Tsushima would win something. Oh, what other thoughts do you have, Steve? That was it. I I mean, I don't know. I, I was just, I was watching it. There was, I, I kind of got a bit dismayed because, you know, what I who I wanted to win wasn't winning and I was pretty appalled. And then a lot of the premieres weren't really floating my boat either. I mean, I think- Yeah, the I, premieres were kind of boring, honestly. They were, they were pretty, underwhelming. Yeah. And so that just kind of made the show, like, not exciting to me. Like, when it was done, I was exhausted. I was done. Like I was, I was going to bed now. So ghost of Tsushima did win best art direction. Uh, and I think that was well-deserved. Yeah. Final fantasy seven remake won best score slash music, right? Which again, they have really memorable music. I was thinking it was, that it was a bit of a, a challenge for them to win that just because the, the actual melodies, like the, the songs themselves, I don't think are any different from what they composed for the original game. It's just that they, well, well, it's not update. They upgraded the the music itself. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's complete orchestra now. It's not like someone on a MIDI keyboard. <laughs> One thing of note is that best indie game went to Hades, which was a game that Brad was talking to us about. He was strongly recommending that Brad. game. So apparently, Brad knows what he's talking about. Uh, let's see what else. At least when it concerns Hades, <laughs> heathen. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Well, okay. Final Fantasy VII Remake also won Best RPG. That was yeah, somewhat of a no-brainer. Mortal Kombat 11, Best Fighting Game. I That was one I predicted. Um, I, I just had no doubt about that. I was like, yeah, I think, I think Mortal Kombat 11 is going to sweep that, that category. Best Family Game was Animal Crossing. I'm very happy to see that just because I have now invested a significant amount of time with my daughter and playing that. And yes, it is very family friendly. It is a very delightful and intellectually stimulating game. It's very fun. Microsoft uh, flight simulator one. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. Guess which category that one won. Best simulator. Oh, how did you know? By the way, that one's coming to uh Series X. On the Game Pass, right? And I can't wait. That was one of the ones that made me most excited. You could fly anywhere, like, in the world. Uh-huh. I want to see it. Yeah, overall, um, congratulations to all of the different 
studios that had their respective game win. Uh, it's always a treat to be able to see them uh, jump for joy and be all excited and that sort of thing. And hopefully we will be able to see some improvements to the show overall next year. And uh, hopefully the, um, the format will, will have returned to normal. They'll actually be with uh, <laughs> the gaming community and, and uh, having the orchestra on the stage and all that fun. I miss all that. You know, I, I am ready for the world to turn back to normal. Let's have some normalcy around here. Indeed. Get your fast pass ready and get to the front of the line. It's time for the topic of the day. of the day is the Disney Investors Day 2020. Disney ended up having just a deluge of announcements that was quite overwhelming. In fact, it was really funny to look at because they were dropping announcements around the same time that the Game Awards was going on too. So like if you went to IGN, for instance, and was just looking at their feed, it was like, Game Award, Game Award, Disney announcement, Game Award, Disney announcement, Disney announcement, Game Award, Disney announcement. I'm like, what is going like, At first, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay. Disney just dropped a couple of things, but it kept happening. It kept going. I was thinking, what on earth? And so I ended up actually contacting our good old friend, Brad. And I was like, Brad, you're a big Disney fan. What do you know what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah. Like, he, he was wondering what my problem was. He's like, well, you didn't know. Oh yeah, Disney Investors Day. I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, I'm shocked because normally I I tend to know when these bigger events are going on. Had no idea whatsoever. So anyway, we play a little catch up, and there are a ton of announcements that they went through. I think that uh, it definitely wetted the collective whistles of investors. So I've broken this down into three main buckets, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and animated film features, or better yet, animated feature films. How about that? Let's start off with Marvel. So we've been covering some of the phases that Kevin Feige has been talking about over the last year or two. He has talked quite a bit about what was supposed to be released in 2020. Mm. We know that they have pushed all of those movies to next year and that has impacted the schedule of all the other movies as well. Having said that though, um, starting things off with Marvel, they, they had a trailer for Loki, which is going to be on Disney plus. And before we go into that, I think the main takeaway from the investors day presentation is that Disney is really doubling down on Disney plus. Would you say the same thing? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, there's a lot more going on, uh, it seems like next year than this year. So yeah, they, they have a, a lot of content that is going to be exclusive to Disney plus. So Loki, um, they had a trailer of, of what that, that series is going to be like. I'm a huge fan of Tom Middleston. I think that, um, 
<laughs> you are to. Did you say Tom Middleston or Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston. Okay, I thought you said. I, did, I, I, thought, you, I thought you said an M. No, I, I didn't put a <laughs> into the <laughs> Hiddleston part. I went Tom Middleston. Anyway, um, looking forward to that. I really don't understand. The details of it, I assume he's able to kind of cause mayhem and mischief on all sorts of different well, dimensions and planets and whatnot. I, I think he plays Loki. Well, he plays Loki, <laughs> but as Loki. I think Loki's in it. <laughs> I think he's an extra. <laughs> I think he's making an appearance. I'm looking forward to, to when that actually starts up. That's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be fun, Ross. Now, they have another one called Secret Invasion starring Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury. And Ben Mendelsohn's Tolos, which I'm not <laughs> too familiar. Is it was is that the Doctor Strange buddy? Uh, Tolos. I don't. Uh, <laughs> searching my brain. I don't think that. Uh, I don't want to say that. Useless. I don't want to say who that is. I need some more information before I can actually say whether or not I'm excited about that one. But yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Ironheart is interesting. Ironheart. I, I had not heard about this at all. And from what I do know, it is starring Dominic Thorne as an armored heroine by the name of Riri Williams. Riri. And, um, yeah, it's R-I-R-I. Riri. I think I think the way I pronounced it was more accurate. Oh man. However, from what research I have done, apparently this character made an iron suit similar to Iron yeah. Man that apparently is one of the most like powerful yes. iron suits in the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe or man. even in Marvel lore. And that's about all I know. Don't really know much beyond that. It sounds like it might be kind of like the female equivalent, perhaps to Tony Stark yeah. in a way. It's made of unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> if you have some, then you know it's fake because it's unobtainium. Oh man. Armor Wars starring Don Cheadle's war Cheadle. machine as he fights to stop Tony Stark's armor tech from falling into the wrong hands. That one sounds good. I hope that Don Cheadle actually reprises his role in that though. Like if they have someone else do it, it's going to be kind of weird. Like so much of this is dependent upon making sure that you have the same cast reprise their characters, which is why I'm looking forward to WandaVision. I think it's great that you have the same folks who, who played Scarlet Witch and, and uh, Vision in the, the series itself. I'd like Terrence Howard to come back. Honestly. Why? I think he was. Uh, I think. I think he would have been a better War Machine. Honestly, I liked him better as an actor. I, I, I just think Don Cheadle's. I don't have anything wrong with Don Cheadle. I just don't. I think he's a bit miscast in a way. I think he was a nice substitute. Substitute. Well, yes. But but yeah. If you were to ask me, which one do I think was a more uh, compelling War Machine? I think I agree with you. Baby Groot which is a series of animated specials revolving around the tiny guardians of the galaxy character. That could be possibly be fun. You know, I think it depends on how contrived it is. If it's not very contrived and actually uh, amusing, then I could see it like the, the cartoon series, little big awesome 
which I'm not sure if I've shown you yet, but I have talked to you about before. That's a lot of fun. If it was something like that, I'd be into it. Are they going to get Vin Diesel and say, we need you to say, I am Groot for five days straight in every single way you can, at every pitch and every level and every volume. Here's your check for $10 million. Thank yeah. you. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, written oh. and directed by James Gunn and slated to debut in holiday 2022. So that's a little ways out. Um, yeah, that, that is... A, I wonder. Yeah, well, what, I think that's two years from now. Well, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking, <laughs> well, what on earth are they going <laughs> to stuff that with? It's the year after next. Now, they also talked about a Fantastic Four movie officially yeah. debuting from now see what happens with that one. what makes me get like have hope for this because the the previous uh, iterations i didn't even bother to go see it, it just didn't uh, didn't look very good yeah, pretty bad, however with kevin feige behind it uh-huh. and with the mcu behind it i don't know i might give this one a chance might be the first one out of uh all of the the previous iterations so what about you steve well i wasn't too big of a fantastic four Fan, um, yeah. I wonder if they'll bring what, what's his face back, Michael Chiklis, as the human rock or whatever his name is. I'm not sure who they have cast for this. <laughs> I do know that Spider-Man: Homecoming's John Watts is attached to direct. So the same director who did Spider-Man will be doing this are they, again. Are they bringing back the guy from Nip Tuck back? I don't know. Ah, okay, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> You like that show. I used to like that show. I watched it again. I'm like, oh, what did I see in this? <laughs> didn't you own the entire DVD set? I know. I didn't own it. Um, Netflix? I think it was Netflix, yeah. Ant-Man 3 is officially called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I have thoroughly enjoyed the last two Ant-Mans. I think it's a nice departure from some of the, the more heroic-oriented MCU films. I would agree. I just don't know if I can see it being a whole entire show. Well, we'll have to find out. We'll have to see. Yeah. Again, the, so far, the MCU and Kevin Feige have been batting 100. So I'm really looking forward to WandaVision. Oh, yeah, totally. That's the one I am most looking forward to. Yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to that as well. Now, both Miss Marvel and um, Monica Rambeau will appear in Captain Marvel 2, which we already knew Captain Marvel 2 was, was in development as a film. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will uh, connect to the events of Spider-Man 3, which we've talked about on this show. Um Let's see. Christian Bale. So this is one of the big ones. Christian Bale is confirmed to be playing Gore, the God Butcher in Thor, Love and Thunder, which is the next Thor film. Mm-hmm. I figured that much. That has me wondering what it's going to be like, because I don't, I can't really recall uh, Christian Bale necessarily in like a, a villainous role. The one film that does come to mind, there was like this dragon movie that came out a long time ago. It had him and, oh, was like, help me out here, Steve. What's what the actor's name? He says, all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey. Thank you. Remember, remember Matthew McConaughey <laughs> shaved his head for the role? He came out in like the early 2000s. Uh, no, I don't remember that. It was like some sort of tribal thing and like they have a very medieval-esque kind of uh, look. 
but yeah, very, uh, very edgy and, and uh, testosterone looking Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale was another character in it. The prestige was another one where like, he wasn't exactly like a villain villain, but he definitely wasn't. I don't know. He was a villain in American psycho. Oh yeah. Okay. I can see that. I think he'll do fine as the villain. No. Okay. It's just weird because I always see him as Batman. No more DC. Not for now. Anyway, <laughs> what else? You had a bunch of. Are you looking? Are you still looking at that Marvel, or you want to switch this? I've got. I've got. I got one more thing here about uh, Feige. Kevin Feige. Um, he definitively addressed the biggest question surrounding Black Panther two, which has been, who is going to replace uh, Chadwick Boseman um, as T'Challa? Because that was a big thing where he was going to be in the sequel. He passed away, unfortunately. Um, and he said that Marvel will not be recasting the T'Challa the role out of respect to the late Chadwick Boseman. Instead, the Black Panther series will expand to spotlight other characters using the branding um, World of Wakanda. And Ryan Coogler, who was the director of the first Black Panther, he remains attached to Black Panther 2, but the sequel's release date has been pushed back to July 8th of 2022. I honestly, I think I like that. I like how they are showing respect to like how Chadwick was, he was really largely responsible for bringing the spirit of T'Challa into that role. And everyone just knows Black Panther to be him. And Honestly, I, I never read the comic book, so I don't know how many other characters there are, but if it means that you can expand it and be able to have opportunities to explore other characters that live in there, as long as, as it is in line with the canon and where they're not just making characters up to make them up, I'm okay. Okay with that. What about you? Yeah, I would, I would, I would venture to say that I agree with that as well. So pivoting from Marvel over to Lucasfilm, I totally feel like I have a sneeze coming on. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm breathing all that in right now. No, you're not because I shoved my face into my armpit. <laughs> so there's a list here um, that's also very impressive when it comes to Lucasfilm. Uh, first, there was Star Wars Andor, which is kind of like this Rogue One prequel. I'm not particularly excited about that one. Um, mainly because it's it's reusing the same actor that was the the Spanish. Uh, he was the guy who who was the main character in Narcos Mexico. Actually, he was. Yep. Are you sure about that? I'm absolutely sure about that. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I I didn't care for his character. It's nothing against the actor himself, but I I just. When I was watching Rogue, uh, well, not Rogue Squadron, what was it? Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Thank you. <clears throat> I just I felt like his character didn't fit. I was like, okay, but now they're gonna they're gonna expand it out. It's like, eh, all right. Uh, Hayden Christensen, a name that we've not heard in a long time, is returning. <laughs> a name I haven't heard since. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sense something, something I haven't felt since. What was he going to say? <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. That was literally a dot, dot, dot. 
Anyway, Hayden Christensen is going to return as Darth Vader, joining Ewan McGregor in the Obi-Wan Kenobi original series, which begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith and is coming to Disney+. Plus. I am looking forward to that. That is a series I'm looking forward to. I am curious to see how Hayden Christensen does, though. That's kind of a toss-up for me. Um, I do think that he has, there's a certain quality that he, he does possess, but it remains to be seen whether or not he's able to, to kind of transcend his, his performance from the star Wars movies of old with, with a new director. We'll have to see how that goes. What do you think? As long as he can sound like James Earl Jones, Russ, he ain't going to have a problem. That's what everyone's going to be expecting. Can he sound like, Darth Vader from episodes four, five, and six. Because if you can't, you ain't going to pull off Jack. There's another <laughs> show they were talking about called The Acolyte, which is a female-driven series set in the High Republic era. Oh. Uh, I have not heard of the High Republic. I've heard of the Old Republic. Mm. I've heard of the New Republic. Might have to ask George on that. Mm. Was that something Kennedy wrote in, or was that actually from the Bible? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, you, you'll have to find out, Steve. Get back to me. Yeah, I'm going to go FaceTime Georgie. Hey, wake up. (laughs) The galaxy's favorite scoundrel, Lando Calrissian, will return in Lando, a brand new event series for Disney Plus. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about that, Russ. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. The Mandalorian will have at least two spinoffs. I have been enjoying profusely the show. You have got to plant your butt cheeks on my couch so you can catch up and watch the fun that is Mandalorian, Steve. Like spinoffs isn't like, hey, a Me Too version still set in the Star Wars universe, but it's just like the Mandalorian, but it's like the Mandalorian light. <laughs> no. The, the Mandalorian the, step cousin. <laughs> you have Stan, you have Star Wars, Ahsoka, um, or excuse me, Ahsoka and Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic. <laughs> Neither one, to my understanding, has anything to do with the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian is more about like the the kind of the race of the Bubba Fett's, so ah, to speak. Ah, okay. So these are completely different factions, but I think they take place within kind of the same time period and and world okay. uh, galaxy space as the Mandalorian. Yeah, out there somewhere. Well, yeah, kind of like it's one of those uh, standalone story kind of things. I'm looking forward to it. I think I, you know what I've seen them do with the Mandalorian gives me confidence. You just want to see more Baby Yoda. I, I do. I, I enjoy Baby Yoda. You want to see pubescent Yoda is what you want to see. <laughs> By, well, no, I, I don't want to spoil anything for you, Steve. You need to watch Mandalorian. <laughs> by Disney Plus you must <laughs> <laughs> additionally Disney showed a teaser trailer for the animated series Star Wars The Bad Batch which honestly the, the art direction is very reminiscent of Star Wars Clone Wars it is Russ not sure if I'd be into that one maybe it looks kind of interesting did you ever watch Star Wars Clone Wars I have not they have multiple seasons of that they do I need to check it out myself you do uh, they also revealed the anime anthology projects called Star Wars Visions. That I'm looking forward to. Anything anime like that, apparently Disney has partnered with all the top talent in Japan for like <laughs> all kinds of different uh, takes on this, which I think is cool. I've always enjoyed what they did with like the Matrix. Remember remember the, the Matrix anime anthology they did? Mm-hmm. 
or and even they did one for Batman as well. Um, not not the movie that that came out this past year, but they had an anthology where they had a bunch of mini stories from like six or seven different um, anime studios, and each one had their own take on it. It was really cool. Didn't they do one with Halo also? They did mm, one with Halo. Maybe. Would not be surprised. Willow, which is a movie that came out way back in the eighties, directed by Ron Howard. Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they are green lighting a series for Disney Plus that's going to come out in 2022, and it's going to have the same uh, star from the movie reprise his role wow. as Willow. So it's like, wow, okay, cool. Uh, they have another Disney Plus series called Droid Story, which I believe follows C3PO and R2D2 through some of their own types of uh, well, that sounds action packed adventures. Well. <laughs> It remains to be seen how they go about that, but um, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have to see. I, I think it could be cool. You got to order your R2-D2 language decoder. <laughs> I am fluent in over six million forms of communication. But I'm not. <laughs> I'm familiar in one form of communication. Well, make that two. Because <gasps> I thrust my pelvis like this. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones 5, which apparently will be the final Indiana Jones movie. I think it's got to be. It's going to be... Oh, Steve, you're going to get a kick out of this. Which one? So Indiana Jones 5 is going to be directed by James Mangold. Right. Does that name ring any bells for you, Steve? It rings something. Yeah, it rings the cobwebs out. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it should, Steve. For you. You want to know why? Why is that, right? I'll tell you why, Steve. He was the director of Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, I did read that. Oh, yeah. I did read that. Uh-huh. Sure you did. Liar. You know something? You forgot one of the things on Marvel. You forgot the thing on Marvel where they, it's like the What If series. I did not forget about it, actually. We yeah, had, you did. That's not new. That's we not new? No, that guy. <laughs> you sent me that article. I know, but it was announced last year, Steve. It looks good. It does. When we talked about it uh, last year, Steve. (laughs) It still looks good. (laughs) It does, yeah. (laughs) What else can I talk to you about, Steve Rooney? Well, okay, so are you, let me, what are your thoughts with regards to Indiana Jones 5? Well, considering you didn't like Indiana Jones 4, I have yet to see it, Russ. Uh, but since Don't you see it. <laughs> Unless you want to see what's his name. Uh, what's his name? Shia LaBeouf. Shia. You want you want to see a CG Shia, Shia uh, Tarzaning his his way uh, across vines with a bunch of monkeys? Yeah, yeah I, I would I would sit that hey, one out. Isn't Steve. it CG and they kind of look like Gumby? I heard that. <laughs> it was bad. It was we'll we'll, we'll just say that. Not LucasArts' best moment? Lucasfilm, no. LucasArts is the gaming studio. I no like LucasArts. Lucas's studios is... Lucas's. <laughs> they have so many Skywalker sound. <laughs> uh, LucasArts. Industrial <laughs> Light and Magic. Uh, Lucasfilm. George's. Lucas! George's stuff's is... Now, they also have Children of Blood and Bone. I don't really know too much about that. I'll have to get some more information on Sounds it. Sounds fleshy. 
Taika Waititi will be directing a brand new Star Wars film. This actually gives me hope because... A new hope. A new hope, let me tell you. Because the uh, train wreck, the dumpster fire that was the uh, last Jedi as well as... I don't even remember. What, what did they call the last film? Uh, by that point, I was just like, ugh. What was it called? I, I'm seriously doing a brain fart. The Kennedy Trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? Do you, do you even know? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of... Thank you, Steve. Whoa, you pulled that out. You're like, yeah, bam. Yeah, I can do some of that sometimes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Taika Waititi is the, one, is the person who directed the Thor Ragnarok, which is fantastic. He was the one who played that character that you liked a lot. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. How are you doing over here? <laughs> yeah. So I'm... I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe he can pull something out. That would be amazing. Now, another person who they announced is also working on a new star Wars film is Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Now that is another opportunity that that leaves me cautiously optimistic because she has done a terrific job with the wonder woman series. We both cannot wait for wonder woman, 1984 to come out. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, we're not really familiar with other works that she has done and Star Wars is a very different beast from Wonder Woman. So um, that's not to take anything away from uh, her being a talented director or anything like that. But, but is she a fan? I don't know. I do not know. But I, I'm curious. I want to see how it turns out. I'm definitely not scoffing at it by any stretch. Like I said... I'm cautiously optimistic. And the main reason why is that Disney did me dirty, Steve. They did me dirty on this last trilogy of Star Wars. They, they, <laughs> they ran it. They, they made the prequels look like something out of Harvard. Okay. It was that bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Holding grudges. Nonsense. Going from that over to the animated feature film side. It was again, it's just amazing to me the sheer number of announcements they had. They had a lot of them, Russ. They want a lot of money. They want they want people to invest. <laughs> they do, yeah. Like well, Cray Cray. They they did a nice job here. Pixar announced a new animated film called Lightyear. One connected to the Toy Story franchise. Lightyear is described as an origin story for Buzz Lightyear, charting right. his rise from test pilot to space ranger. Directed by Finding Dory co-director Angus McLean, Lightyear mm. will star Chris Evans as the voice of Buzz. That is a problem to me. Well, Russ, I think what they're trying to do, it's not, it, it's not directly linked with Toy Story. It's supposed to be a movie from which the toy of Buzz Lightyear was inspired by. Oh, I understand, Steve. I understand completely. So you can't have the voice of Tim Allen. Yes, you can. Se. Yes, you will. There is no replacing Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, Steve. Maybe. No way. Once Tim Allen, always Tim Yeah, Allen. I mean, I guess it wouldn't really make sense if... I, you, you want Captain America's voice to be Buzz Lightyear, really? No, I... Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. See how it goes. 
Two of Disney's newer animated princesses are getting a spinoff series. I'm sure my daughter is going to love that with both uh, Tiana and Moana headed to a Disney Plus series. Disney live action Pinocchio uh, remake starring Tom Hanks is foregoing a theatrical release since the whole COVID thing just rained on everybody's parade. Ah. Uh, and instead we'll head straight to Disney plus Disney has not revealed whether other live action remakes mm. like Cruella and Peter Pan and Wendy will follow suit. That remains to be seen following in the suit of Warner brothers. Maybe I don't know. I, I, uh, mm. I yeah. Mm. Disney's upcoming fantasy animated film will be the next addition to the premier access line. Raya and the Last Dragon, which we watched the trailer of uh, several episodes ago, will debut in theaters and on Disney Plus on March 5th. So they are, in fact, copying the Warner Brothers model of having certain films debut on their their streaming platform as well as the the brick-and-mortar locations of the theaters. Yeah. Though like, I will say, with Mulan... This is this is a little bit different than the HBO Max, Steve. Uh, subscribers will have to pay an additional fee to watch it during the month that it comes <laughs> out in theaters. Of course. So Disney is definitely starting to play around with what we talked about. I believe it was last episode, wasn't it? It sure was, Russ. The last item I have on here is that Disney's next animated feature film after Raya and the Last Dragon will be Encanto. In a brief synopsis from Disney, Encanto takes you to Colombia, where a magical family lives in a magical home. The film is directed by Brian Howard and Jared Bush, co-directed um, and co-written by Jerice uh, Castro-Smith. Encanto's music will be written by the prolific Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda, who is um, known for Hamilton and Moana fame. Disney is also developing a new sci-fi animated series, uh, called Iwaju, which will de- which will debut Iwaju will debut on Disney Plus in 2022. So overall, this has been um, a crazy amount of announcements that they have made um, of different feature films of Disney Plus series and other developments that are in the works over the next two years, and that's not even counting the already announced stuff that was supposed to come out this year and also in 2021. So there, I mean, I I think what makes me most excited about everything they had to show is how committed they are to the Disney plus platform. I think that's great. I think that, that when they launched it, they had plenty of content. They had stuff that everybody wanted to see. And now that it has been out for a little while, they're not resting on their laurels. They're actually, being very proactive and creating several series. <laughs> it's going to keep us entertained for a very long time. And what I love about it too, is that a lot of what they're doing is interconnected with, with each other. It's not like a throwaway, like, Oh, we need to fill it with something here. Let's just fill it with fluff and be done with it. No, like they actually have a methodology, particularly with the MCU side of things. Is there anything in there that you uh, like the most? I what, what, just with the Star Wars stuff or just all the Disney announcement all together? All together. WandaVision, Russ. <laughs> so technically speaking, 
Sorry, spit that out. <laughs> Big blob of saliva just made it its uh, exit point. Um, WandaVision has been announced for some time. This is what? not this is not a new announcement. They did show, you know, okay, so in your defense, Steve, they did show an updated trailer uh-huh. showcasing. They, they've been bringing out like movie, like not movie posters, but like new <laughs> banners, uh, if you will, of like advertising the show. Okay, I'll give it to you, Steve. Thank you. If you want that to be your favorite, then so be it. That's my favorite. That's what's going to get me on Disney Plus, Russ. Not all those other mumbo jumbo stuff. That's what's going to get me on Disney. I wonder when you're actually going to commit to getting on Disney Plus, Steve. We'll have to wait. I'm sure I'll announce it when the time comes. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming and Adventures Live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will look forward to talking to all of you next week. <laughs>